Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. This is God's will. Uh, I know a lot of things are preached and taught and said, but everything needs to be examined closely in light of the Word, the written Word. And you'll find that God's will is never failure. It's never defeat. It's never for you to be a victim, for you to be overcome, overwhelmed, defeated, destroyed. Uh, the scripture said God is not willing that any should perish. So never is it God's perfect will for somebody to be uh, destroyed or there to be perishing and destruction in their life. He is the God of victory. He's the God who always causes us to triumph. So uh, get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the class with us. You can put everything on hold for uh, a few minutes uh, and, and give this your full attention. And you'll find that the Spirit of God will minister to you and strengthen you, and you can experience changes inside yourself and, and your outlook, your perspective immediately. So, Father, in Jesus' name, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit that delivers, that destroys yokes, that removes heavy loads and, and burdens. Thank you, Lord for ministering to us today. We ask for answers. We ask for direction and help. And we purpose not to be hearers only, but to be doers of what you show us. And as surely as we act on what you show us, great things will happen because you're always right here to watch over your word and perform it and accomplish it and bring it to pass in our lives. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Are we expecting answers today, class? Yes, we are. If you would take the great textbook, uh, your Bible, and turn with me to three openings today. We have been um, on the subject in faith school for some time now uh, of faith for healing. Now, if, if this is one of your first times joining with us, there's a lot more that went before this. Uh, we talked about why faith, what faith is, how faith comes, how to release faith, how faith grows and develops. We spent a lot of time in the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews because that whole chapter is by faith, by faith, by faith, through faith. And so there are scores of lessons about those things. If you haven't seen those, then uh, it would it'd benefit you to go back and on the website. It won't cost you anything, no charge, and, and feed and, and get built up. And really, you'll get more out of what's going on in these sessions 
if you've got that background. Uh, we've been talking about in more recent times faith for healing. How does faith come? Does anybody know? The scripture says it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith in God comes from hearing what God said. Faith in a subject, particular area, be it healing, provision, protection, it comes by hearing what God said about that. And you can have strong faith in one area and have very weak or no faith in another area. Doesn't mean you're a, a, a poor Christian or a, not a good Christian. You, uh, faith is just, there's a lot of ignorance about the subject of faith and it's, it's not understood and that shouldn't be surprising because the enemy hates faith. <laughs> oh, it's such a problem for him. And so he does everything he can to confuse the subject, to keep people in the dark about the subject, which is why we have faith school. Hallelujah. And believe in God for this to get out more and more and more so that people come to know God for themselves and the just shall live by faith and walk by faith and overcome the world by faith, please God by faith. That sounds like a victorious life, doesn't it? Because it is. Well, you'll find in the four gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are about 20 individual cases of healing and deliverance. When you say, you say about, well, it depends on what you count. Uh, and we're, as we go further, you'll see what I'm talking about. Some people say, well, that's deliverance only. Some people say, well, no, you should count that too. But anyway, about 20, where you're given some detail uh, of who it was, what was wrong with them, how they got healed. And if you've read the scriptures, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, a lot of people got healed, didn't they? In the ministry of Jesus. And uh, we're only given a very small uh, a number of uh, cases and accounts where detail was given, but we have numerous other references that say multitudes and great multitudes. Well, a multitude could be uh, a thousand or more multitudes, that's even more, great multitudes. So there are times um, repeatedly where thousands and thousands of people in the ministry of Jesus were healed and delivered. And you'll find phrases like, every one of them were healed. As many as touched him, every one was healed. And so obviously it was a big thing to the master to minister to people who were sick and affected and restricted and bound. And he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. So uh, regardless of what you may have heard and from where, it is not God's will for you and I to be sick and to be restricted or to be weak or to be hindered. He wants us to be able-bodied he wants us to be of sound mind. He wants us to have material resources so we can serve Him, so we can do something for Him, so we can help uh, preach and proclaim and send this gospel around the world, so we can uh, help build His church and, and support His things. You can't do that 
If you're so sick, you can't get out of bed or leave the house. If you're so broke that you can't do anything or go anywhere or support anything. No, it's the enemy. It's the devil who wants us sick, who wants us weak. If you've got enough sickness and enough weakness, it's like you're in prison. You can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. If you're broke enough, it's like you're imprisoned. You, you, you can't move. You can't accomplish anything. But the Lord has taken our place. He took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our pains. The chastisement of our peace was on him. He became poor that we might be made rich. Have you read all these verses? Is it true? Then how could it be his will that he paid the price for this and it's still his will for me to be sick with what he bore for me? That, that cannot be. It is not so. It is his will. Said out loud, class. It is his will, is his will that I be healed. Now. <laughs> Hallelujah. And the scripture says it's been bought and paid for by his stripes. You were and are healed. And so why are we given these accounts in, uh, of individuals being healed? Why would the Holy Spirit select these and give us this detail? Well, because it's for us. Faith never changes. The enemy's doing the same bad things he's always done. God is always good. His will is unchanging. And faith has always been the way to lay hold of what God has provided and made available. And so you'll see in the majority of these cases, the individual's faith was either specifically referred to or it's obviously active and visible. You can see it. And you say, well, uh, uh, you said the majority. Not all. No, there are some instances that were initiated by the Spirit. And uh, so we'll, as we go on in our study, we'll distinguish between faith initiated and Spirit initiated. But the majority, the great majority, were faith initiated. And you'll hear Jesus say things like, as you have believed so be it done unto you. Your faith has made you whole. Have, have you seen those phrases? Your faith, your faith, your faith. Well, if that's what Jesus emphasized, that's what we should emphasize. And again, how does faith come? It comes by hearing about these things, which is the big purpose of faith school, so we can hear about it. Not just hear about what you or I think or somebody else thinks, what he said about it. And so these cases, uh, if you understand it, then they become extremely valuable to you, that you want to you get every word, you want to understand every part, because it's going to enlighten you, it's going to uh, make you difficult uh, to deceive when it comes to these. You won't believe the lies of the enemy. The truth will make you free. Hallelujah. Well, we have studied uh, six cases of the 20 already. And like I said, if you're just joining us, you can go back uh, at the website and go back online. Just look for Faith School and click on there. We looked at the healing of the leper. And we saw that the Lord revealed and said, I will. It is my will. Be clean. 
We saw uh, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. And we saw that he rebuked the fever and it left her. We saw the healing of the paralyzed man that was carried by his four friends. And we, we heard the Lord say, which one's easier? To say, be forgiven or to be healed? Because they're the same. They're connected. They're taken care of in the same work of redemption. If you believe in forgiveness, you should believe in healing too. <laughs> they are connected according to Jesus. And we saw the healing of the nobleman's son. We saw the healing of the man that had the withered hand. We saw the healing of the centurion's servant. And now we're down to our seventh account of healing in the ministry of Jesus, the four gospel accounts. It's the healing of Jairus' daughter. The healing of Jairus' daughter. So turn please to Matthew 9. We'll be looking at Luke 8, and we'll be looking at Mark 5. We'll begin in Matthew 9, Matthew 9, Luke 8, and Mark 5. In Matthew 9 and verse 18, now, um, I know people have different experiences of when they went to school, whether it was grade school, high school, university, whatever the case might be, but sometimes people, uh, they... If you start to do a certain thing, they just kind of zone out until something else. Uh, I'm going to take the time to read each of these accounts. They may sound repetitive to your head, but how many believe there's a re if the Spirit of God had it recorded multiple times, there's a reason why. And there are many things there to see. So now is not the time to zone <laughs> and to drift. Uh, you, want, you want to feed on every one of these words and believe that it gets into you and pushes out any confusion and ignorance and replaces it with knowledge of God and truth and faith. You, you can be in a, a very different place spiritually just by the end of this class. Not because of me, but because of the Word, because of God's Word. The Scripture said He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Said out loud, His Word, His word is, life is life to me. It's health. It's, health. it's, medicine. it's medicine to all my flesh. All my flesh. I, believe I believe His Word. I receive His words. I, his word. I take them into myself. And they make me whole. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. We're already making progress. Uh, Matthew 9 and uh, 18. While he, Jesus, spoke these things to them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him, saying, My daughter is even now dead, but come and lay your hand upon her and she shall live. Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. So they, you know, whatever they were doing, it's changed now. <laughs> Can you see that? They're like, okay, let's go. Jesus went, and the twelve tra trailing right with him. Um, skip down to verse 23. What we've got in, in between here is the healing of the woman with the issue of blood. 
another healing that occurred. But we'll come back to that and give that proper attention uh, later. But in verse 23, when Jesus came to the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making a noise, he said to them, give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleeps. And they laughed him to scorn. If anybody laughs at you, makes fun of you, remember they made fun of Jesus too. Right? <laughs> they laughed right in his face, scoffed and mocked at him. Doesn't make you wrong because people don't understand what you're doing. I said, but when the people were put forth, he went in and took her by the hand and the maid arose. Hallelujah. How quickly things can change so totally. Here she is. Uh, and we'll find out later. Um, one one trans, translation said that he said, my daughter just now died. And we'll find out later that uh, by the time he got there, she was dead. The daughter was dead. And yet, in a moment's time, she is brought back to life and healed. If she hadn't been healed, whatever killed her the first time, right, would have killed her again. So this is not only healing. This is being brought back from the dead. How many believe this actually happened? If you believe in God, you believe his word is true. And like one minister said years ago, it struck me. He said, if you're okay with the first verse in the book, you'll be okay with the rest of it. <laughs> What's the first verse? Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, if he can do that, he can do this. Is that right? I mean, if he can create planets and stars and matter and energy and gravity, well, he could create a human body like the rest of the Genesis account says. If he could create the human body and he did create the human body and he breathed life into it, well, if, if he can make a body, surely he could fix a body. Right? Say it out loud. If he can make a body, he can fix a body. Well, that's what healing is. Healing is the body being repaired, restored. And in this case, uh, the sickness had run its full uh, course. It killed her body. So her body is dead. Her heart's not beating. No blood circulating dead. And yet, Jesus went in there, took her by the hand, told her to get up, and she woke up and got up and was okay, was healed. How many believe it's true that all things are possible with God and all things are possible to him or her that believes? I'm so glad I know this. How about you? I'm so glad. Well, that means there are no hopeless situations. If you know God, you know the answer. There is a way. There is, there is a way. Way to victory, a way out, a way up. He went in, he took her by the hand, and the maid arose. 
and the fame thereof went abroad into all that land. Look over in Luke's account. You'll find that one writer will add something that the other one did not. They're in perfect agreement, and yet it's just like if you and I went somewhere and saw something and somebody questioned us individually, well, we're going to give different details, something that stood out to us. You put it all together, you got bigger picture. In Luke 8, verse 41, Behold, there came a man named Jairus. Now here we get his name. And he was a ruler of the synagogue. And uh, he fell down at Jesus' feet. It's even more detail. He fell down at Jesus' feet and besought him that he would come into his house. For he had one only daughter. Now here we know, she, she find out she's an only child. And her age, about 12 years of age. And she lay a dying. She was actually at death's door. She was actually dying at this point. But as he went, the people thronged him. And this is where verse 43, where the woman with the issue of blood came. And so, uh, not only was there healing and miracles at Jairus' house, there was healing on the way to Jairus' house. <laughs> I mean, you, you read these accounts and you find out in the, in the midst of Jesus' ministry, it was healing in the morning, healing at noontime, healing when the sun went down. I mean, there were just healings and deliverances going on all the time. Reckon that's still God's will today. It's still his will. Skip down to verse 49. While he yet spoke, there came one from the ruler of the synagogue's house and saying to him, your daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, fear not. Believe only and she shall be made whole. I want to draw your attention to how bold and how definite Jesus talks about the outcome. And we see a similar thing in the very beginning with Jairus himself. You see, when he came to Jesus, Matthew brought this out. He said, Lord, come to my house and lay your hand on my daughter and she will live. Did you hear that? She will live. Well, what if it's not God's will? What if the Lord is teaching them something through all this? What if it's not time yet? Are y'all with me on this? Why do I ask these questions? Because people are, are saying this all over. People are going, well, you know... Um, Sometimes God says yes, and sometimes he says no, and sometimes he says wait a while. And Well, where's that scripture at? If you're going to believe something so strong, shouldn't you have at least one verse that says this? There are other verses that say all the promises of God are in Christ, yes, and amen, all of them. All of them. We're not to be unwise, the scripture said, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. 
When you find out that Jesus took your sin and paid the price for your sin and was raised from the dead free from it, you can understand then it would never be the will of God for you to live in sin and have sin, right? I mean, why did he do that? And, and looking at Jesus on the cross, bearing your sins, and would you say, Lord, is it your will for me to be saved from sin? Isn't that an unnecessary question? Isn't that a foolish question? Why did he go? Why is he there? Why is he doing it? Well, the same thing is true with healing. The Bible said at the whipping post, which was not necessary to go to the cross, you could go to the cross without going to the whipping post, but he did, and we know that nothing, he said, nobody takes my life from me. I lay it down. So every one of these things that he did, he did on purpose. He did to buy something for us, to redeem us in some, how many know he went to the cross, he went to the scourging post, he went through all these things, spirit, soul, and body. Did he redeem us? Spirit, soul, and body. If he didn't redeem you bodily, there will be no resurrection. You understand what we're saying about that? Your body has to be bought and paid for in redemption or there will be no physical resurrection. And we don't have the whole, uh, the whole part of our uh, redemption as far as resurrection right now, but we've been given the earnest. We've been given the first fruits of our inheritance, and that is the quickening of this mortal body. Hallelujah. And that involves healing and strength and everything we need to run our entire race and to finish our course, accomplish what we are put on this earth to do. Said out loud, uh, my body is a gift from the Lord. It will serve me well all the days of my life. And I will be able, well able, to run my race, finish my course with joy, with strength in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs> now sometimes you need to remind your body of that. You need to say, body, body, listen to me. You're my body and you have to obey the word of the Lord. You will serve me well all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Does that, that bear witness with anybody? You, you glad about that? Me too. He said, your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the master. But when the Lord heard it, he said, fear not. Believe only, and she shall be made whole. And when he came into the house, he suffered no man to go in save Peter, James, and John, the father and the mother of the maiden, all wept and bewailed. And said, he said, don't weep. She's not dead, but sleeps. They laughed at him, knowing she was dead. He put them all out, took her by the hand, said, maid, arise. And her spirit came again. And she arose, and he commanded to give her meat. And they were astonished. Hallelujah. And he told them not to tell anybody. How many think this is amazing? Is it true? Does the Lord still do things like this? Yes, he does. And that's all our time for today. <laughs> Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I'm strong in faith. 
giving glory to God. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.